time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. It's another fine week. Halfway through November, November 15th. It's Monday. We're so glad to have you joining us. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals. And we're so grateful to have you as our listener. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in the audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. And so many of you are doing that and telling others about it. Can't thank you enough. Downloads are just crazy on the podcast. So a lot of it has to do with the first part of the format, how we give you a lot of information, try to tighten that all that up a little bit so we get it done in a timely manner. But also the Hot Topics segment is really getting a lot of downloads and traction. Today, we've got Peter Paglia, Chief Strategy Officer and Chief Revenue Officer for Homebinder. Now, as we look at the industry and we look at the market, you know, the refinance is going away. How can we stay more in front of the customers? This industry has actually got a terrible track record on repeat business, repeat customers. It's usually across the board. Some are doing better than others. So the purpose of this podcast and having Peter on is to talk about something you can do to stick with and keep and hold on to your customers. Joining me on the microphone again today is my co-host, Jack Nunnery. Jack, good to have you back, friend. David, good to be here. It is. All right, folks, we also have Industry Syndicate. Grateful to be a part of that syndicate. Check out industrysyndicate.com. Also, I want to say thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, as well as Finastra and their Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution. You can experience the power of a fully integrated approach to mortgage lending. It simplifies the borrowing experience and streamlines the process for employees and your customers. And then also right behind that is Accelerate. They do a great job through their leading edge technology of connecting mortgage experts and their borrowers through a pre-designed campaigns. I got to tell you, Josh Fred has got a great approach to it. When you combine these two technology solutions, excellent things start happening. Also, Lenders One, check out what they're doing. Justin Demolia was on in June. I was talking to him again just recently, as well as our friends over at the Mortgage Collaborative, TMC. Had a great conversation. Tom Gallucci and the team there are doing a great job. Mortgage Collaborative, of course, so is Demolia. So check out both of these co-ops. We belong to both of them. Encourage you to do the same. Also, Community Mortgage Lenders of America, great association, as well as Knowledge Coop, which does a great job of helping you teach and train your people through a learning management system. Learned about LMS from Alice Alvey many, many years ago. The importance of having a good LMS system or a learning management system cannot be understated, especially in this time where we have so much knowledge we have to transfer out to our people. So what solution are you using? Check out knowledgegroup.com. Also, when it comes to recruiting, we have two sponsors that do a great job at helping in your recruiting efforts, Mobility MMI. Mortgage Market Intelligence, as well as Modex. Both of these companies, we use both of them, and many others are using both of these. Like the two co-ops, the Mortgage Collaborative and Letters One, these two work nicely side-by-side, working with you to help recruit top and lows. Also, getting metrics on your market or markets, and here's the most important part, markets you're considering going into. Who are the top real estate companies in that area? What are they really doing for business? Who are they doing business with on the mortgage side? All of that is inside of these two pieces of technology. So powerful. 
especially as you're looking at who do I really want to recruit? Is this recruit that's sitting here in front of me that I like so much really produce what he says he does? Got to have these tools, folks. So important. Also then, SnapDocs. They do such a great job working when it comes to e-signatures. When you see the name SnapDocs, it can be slightly misleading. Go back and listen to the interview that we did with Vishal Rana back in September 13th. It'll really give you insights. This is one of those leading technology companies that is really coming up. And I'm telling you, pay attention to what's happening at Snapbox. Amy Moses and I are good friends, and we're texting back and forth and all the latest developments. So got to get them back on talking about it. Also, a special thank you goes out to, of course, my co-host Jack, as well as Rob, Les, Alice, Allen, and Matt for their contributions to this podcast each and every week. This week, we are missing an update from Rob Van Raphorst at the NBA. He was unable to get a report into us, but we're grateful for the NBA. We just want to say this, become a member of the NBA. There's so many things. Open Doors Foundation is one of those things I give into it. I encourage you to do so. There's so many things. But the most powerful thing is what's going on in the Hill. And through the Mortgage Action Alliance app, you can have your voice heard on the Hill as well. Encourage you to do so. Over to Les Parker with this week's macro view of the markets and his music parody that's going down the same line. All right, Les, what you got for us? Here comes the high stepper. It's the CPI gangster. And we're in CPI danger. Still CPI that. TM Spotlight Soundbites is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. The rapid CPI rise is extraordinary, like last year's huge drop. Only the five-year and three-year treasuries managed to post a new high yield on Friday. So the 10-year yield and Fannie Mae rates remain pointed to lower rates. The continued deterioration of Chinese real estate developer debt keeps China's economy weak. When coupled with dollar strength and oil weakness, look for lower rates. Will the 10-year yield visit 170 or 138 first? 138 looks like an easier target since the 161 to 169 is a significant barrier. Traders are yelling, lift the ask, buy it. These views are my own. Find them at tmspotlight.com. Na, 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 na. I love that. Gary Canterbone, Les Barker, teaming up to create another great segment. Joining us on the microphone today live is Matt Graham, founder and CEO of MBS Live, a must-have application that sits on your desktop, on your iPhone, and anywhere and every device possible to get the latest market updates. But unfortunately, Matt, what you're doing, what's showing on your screen is not lower rates. It's going the wrong way. What's up? No, but I believe less. It'll turn around. It has to, right? Yeah. So, yeah, CPI, big deal last week, definitely. It was an interesting day on Wednesday. It was an interesting week due to the Veterans Day holiday, one of the only two holidays and the first time in 2021 that we had a midweek federal holiday. And then that always creates some weirdness when it comes to how traders participate. It makes the following Friday a bit weird, as we have seen time and again in the past with Thanksgiving. And it basically meant that Wednesday was like the day where everybody wanted to get out of town, either literally or figuratively. And that can sort of exacerbate some of the moves. And I think that it did to some extent during the middle of the day. So CPI came along in the morning, much higher than expected. But notably, the market didn't really react to it in an extreme way at first. It really sort of built in a weakness gradually heading into the 30-year bond auction. And I think that's what traders were even more defensive about on Wednesday, because on Tuesday, the 10-year Treasury auction didn't go super well. And that sort of 
gave us the impression that the previous week's rally, and if you remember that one, that was the one that was driven by short covering and the Bank of England comments, that 10-year auction sort of suggested that we may have found the bottom of the current range and needed to head back in the other direction, or we had exhausted the good graces of the short covering, short squeeze rally that we talked about last week. So rates, yields rose heading into the 30-year auction, and then the 30-year bond auction was absolutely terrible. It was the biggest miss in terms of the actual auctions yield award versus the 1 p.m. win-issued yield, which is sort of like the expectation, if you will, the market's running expectation of where the auction should land. It was the biggest miss since 2011, and uh, other stats of the auction were exceptionally weak, and all of that followed a big backup in yields throughout the course of the day. Those yeah. sorts of big backups in yields tend to make the auctions easier to bid on, not harder. So the fact that it was still very weak really underscored the reality that the previous week was too strong, too much driven by short covering, too much of a reaction to Bank of England comments, and it was time to head back into the late October, early November range. And that's what we did. And now in the current week, we are continuing weaker. So as far as the economic data coming up, we had New York Fed Empire State Manufacturing this morning, not a big market mover. Retail sales tomorrow, probably the headline of the week, expected at 1.2 versus a 0.7 previously. And housing starts building permits on Wednesday, Philly Fed and jobless claims on Thursday. Economic data has been mixed bag. There's criticism of the Fed. Are they behind the curve? Are they making the right decisions with respect to inflation? And there's a lot of discovery to happen, a lot to play out. COVID case counts leveled off and maybe rising again, and that could help underpin supportive environment for rates, but we're waiting with bated breath, let's put it that way, to see how things shake out for this transitory inflation narrative, as that is currently going to be a big market moving consideration for 2022. Yeah, transitory inflation. There you go. That's a good one. It's true. Les has yeah. been more right than wrong in a lot of these calls that he's made, but man, there's sometimes when you see some of the data that's out there and some of the trends, it's, it seems counterintuitive, but you know, he's been more right than wrong. And so have you. Your screen's always hot. It's really great. What else you got for us, man? That's all I got for today, other than the licking on lending code. Yes, licking on lending. Go put in LOL in the code or signing up, and you get what, Matt? You get double the free time and streamlined sign up process, no credit card required. You should probably tell them what we're talking about. <laughs> Matt, appreciate you, bud. You got a great product, a great service. It is so valuable. Let's go get Jack Nunnery in here. Come on, Jack. You got a comment and opinion about these rates. So first of all, I think it's yeah. noteworthy to point out that in the week ending November 11th, your fixed rate dipped back under 3%, David, to 2.98. That's Freddie you know, Mac's take, but that should always be noted that that lags reality and it's really a Monday versus Monday report. And so by the right. time that came out, rates had already jumped back up. So the average right. lender is definitely well over that now. And it's sometimes a little frustrating that that lags reality as much as it does. And it can create some confusion when borrowers come to loan officers and saying, hey, where's my 2.98? Well, that's, you could have gotten that four days ago, maybe, but not anymore. That's a good point, Matt, the borrower confusion issue. But Matt, the one thing that I kind of dove into over the last couple of days was I was trying to find correlation between transitory inflation and an increase in yield in the bond market. And so I saw some graphs that really overlaid the two from 1870 all the way up to 2021. And there was periods of a quick burst or surge in transitory inflation 
1920, World War II, the Carter administration. And it was only in World War II and the Carter administration that we saw a strong correlation between an increase in the bond market with a correlating to a substantial burst in inflation. And I hmm. thought that was kind of interesting as I try to put all this together and look forward in this market. There was just absence of strong correlation between the two. Well, I don't know. It's tough one. I think 2009 is probably a good case study, and it has been for a lot of reasons with the, the big moves post-COVID. But like now, the big uptick in inflation followed a big drop due to some shock. So in 2020, it was COVID, and 2009 was the financial crisis. And I mean, it really occurred in late 2008. But yeah, in 2009, then yields and inflation rose together with a strong amount of correlation, actually stronger than the current one. But I, I don't really know what else to say about it other than 2009 is the only other real good example I see. And, and even then, how do you compare COVID to an economic crisis when the economic crisis sort of was its own source root cause and COVID mm -hmm. was the root cause, not yeah. an economic crisis, but for a lot of market turmoil. Yeah, it's uh, true. And I'm sitting thinking about this. I'm thinking of Les's report, which is projecting where he sees things going forward. And then I kind of see you as Sergeant Joe Friday of the old <laughs> series. Nothing but the fact. Here's what's happened. So that's, <laughs> that's I boring. Yeah. It's not boring. It's really important. We got to have the facts and then it's fine to those, the prognosticators that do so. I think that's really, really good. Get signed up for it. Appreciate you. Matt, for being here. You bet. Have a great week up there. We were talking earlier, just before the show started, Alice was talking to us. We're going to go to Alice Alvey, who's CMB, Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage. The legislative update. But before we started the podcast, Jack was talking about how he's having to put on sunscreen. And Alice says, well, we had our first touch of snow. This is the north versus the south when we're dealing other changes. Alice, Alvy, you got your warm and woolies on up there and Jack putting on sunscreen. So what can you say? Good to have you here with the legislative update. Oh, thanks everybody. Yes. And uh, not that he's listening, but happy birthday to my husband today. So uh, I'm, like, I'm doing the radio show and I'm out of here. Even if oh, it is good. a little cold and wintry. Yeah. Winter showed yeah. up as I said. So anyway, just a quick update. The the main thing in a lot of press about Zillow's fix and issues and the, how that hit their balance sheet. And some of the interesting articles I've seen come out on that are focused on just general business and the reliance on an algorithm, right, to make your business decisions. And in our world, the condition of the property at the end of the day is not something that an algorithm can necessarily see. So mm -hmm. as we all look at the appraiser challenges, getting appraisals timely, having enough appraisers in the market, and really want Fannie and Freddie to step up to the plate to give us more property inspection waivers. That works to a point. And as lenders, I think there's always a little bit of caution in there of let's for the great loans and the ones we have lots of confidence in the market. But we have a lot of market dynamics going on today where buyers are potentially overpaying, not sure how long the values are sustainable, this challenge of how much can we rely on the algorithm versus actually seeing the property. So some business lessons there that we're all going to keep watching. There's still players in that market, but uh, that was a big hit that I think is an eye-opener for still getting eyes on a property and those higher-risk loans. Then the second thing I wanted to, just another piece in the news, just lessons learned, the National Community Reinvestment Coalition filed a complaint with HUD two lenders, and this is when matched pair testing, which we've talked about 
years that the matched care testing, the idea of I'm going to, as a nonprofit, I'm going to go test lenders in a particular market and send out one buyer who's a minority and another prospective buyer who's a non-minority and give them names so that based on the names, an individual may have a perception of what the racial or ethnic background may be of that individual and see if I'm treated differently just by a simple Mm over-the-phone discussion. And my talk here isn't about those two lenders doing anything in particular. It's about as an industry as a whole, we have to be aware of this, that we have to treat people fairly all the way down to how timely am I returning people's phone calls, how am I treating them in servicing, and making sure I'm offering everybody similar products as they make these inquiries. And so here's two lenders who are going to make the headlines because this is being brought up by a nonprofit. What they do is present their case to HUD. So HUD has not picked this up yet. It's under review, so that's a real important distinction, that it's not a federal agency that's citing the lenders for any wrongdoing. But it's just a real good reminder as lenders everywhere, we have to really talk to our teams regularly about how matched care testing works and how our responsibility to consumers to treat them all equally. When we use the term of equal and fair lending, it's Mm -hmm. literally loan officers have to have good habits of doing the same thing over and over again with similar products being offered to everybody. So I'll leave it there, Dave, for everybody to have just a gut check on their fair lending and take a look at it. Make sure you understand your HUMDA data and your rates of withdrawal. And that's the customers to focus on and survey to find out, hey, why didn't you go with my company? What do we need to do better to make sure we keep your business? I always say good compliance is just simply great customer service. So back to you, Dave. It's good. Good job, Alice. By the way, we're having some audio issues. All of a sudden, you're crystal clear again. It's something was like you were going in and out. sounded like you were in the middle of something, but I didn't want to interrupt because I was hanging on oh, every sorry. word you said. <laughs> oh, I think my headset might have been kicking in and out then, so I yes, apologize it was. for that. That's what it was. The headset was kicking in and out, but hey, you're going to go celebrate your husband Andy's birthday. Uh, that is so awesome, and be sure to wish him a happy birthday for me. Folks, we have had so much fun with Alice and Andy when we're together up there in Michigan again where they used to live we have had some of the best times these are both dear dear friends of mine and alice be sure to give him my best what a neat guy he is i will and i love that guy i really do i really think the world of you too and then you guys were married for how many years it's been like you guys married in high school or just out of high school or something Uh, yeah we've been married 43 years 43 years i love it such a great story and again wish him happy birthday and can't wait to get up there and see him again go break some bread and have a glass of wine with him he's never a boring man sounds great all right come on up in january remind me why i live down south come up north it'll remind you why you live south anyway alice thanks so much appreciate it so much folks uh, alan pollock normally would be here with us at this text segment (laughs) he texted me says hey i'm sorry i can't make it i'm stuck in a tech outage now when the head of the tech update is stuck in that tech outage what can you say so anyway, I'm going to tell you a couple of things that we were texting back and forth, and, and Jack, you can jump in on this. But one of the things Al and I just love chatting on, innovation. And so during a workout Saturday morning, and I love tooling around YouTube, when I was listening to this one thing about this one particular technology channel that I was listening to, and they talked about several companies in there that are taking 
through drones and delivering rapid deployment of medical supplies. Now, the company in Southern California, but I was texting Alan. I was going, Alan, you got to look at this. So I was on that, but there's this one company called Zipline. It started in Uganda. Now, both of our daughters have gone to Rwanda and did some missionary work over there. They were just really, really cool and helping when they were in college and traveling the world. There's nothing like the experience of being there with the people and we're living there with them. And so they both were doing, so I really caught my attention. What are they doing there? Because it is very mountainous and Kigali is the main city there. Very modern, very up to date. But you get outside of Kigali, the roads deteriorate. You try to get there. And they talked about the story about how long it takes to get medicine from Kigali and get it into the back country where someone's there. And they showed several times where it takes up to four hours. Well, this guy graduated and created this drone delivery service. They designed a unique delivery system. It shows like what can happen in an unregulated industry, one country. Now, again, there's regulations when it comes to flight, but it's not like we have here in the U.S., which the FAA, Federal Aeronautics Association, really looks on and controls what goes on and what can fly and where can fly and all that sort of stuff. Whereas in Rwanda, there is a, a little bit less. Same thing, they then expanded. So they launched these pretty decent-sized airplanes with immediate supplies, and they can launch within 15 minutes of getting the order. These things fly totally autonomously through the mountains, and they move through the countryside, and then they get over the spot, and they open the doors, and out comes this parachute, and it drops it right there where it needs to. The medical staff goes out and gets that medication, takes it to the person that needs it. So they're responding. In almost all cases, they can get supplies out there in 45 minutes versus four hours. That's life or death. There's another company now that's doing logistics delivery through smaller drones in Australia. You can order up a hot cup of coffee. I was talking to Jack, and he was out on the fishing boat. He said, I'd love to take your call, Dave. I'm, I'm out here. I was thinking about you, Jack, because you could have had a hot cup of coffee, sushi delivered, some warm muffins or something. It flies it out there, and it has a cable system, and it drops it down. It hovers 20 feet above the location of the drop zone, and then it drops it by a cable, unhooks, and leaves the package. So there you go, Jack. You can be out in your boat if you're in Australia, and you can get hot coffee delivered to you. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Now, David, just for the listeners, I did have – a risk manager from a prominent warehouse lender with me on the boat and doing a little discussion on some of the issues that are out in the space today. You work like Andy Alvey does, Alice's husband. He has so much fun. He's out in the wild. Alice has done more podcasts from a fishing boat with manuals open. I so wanted a picture of this, and Andy's out there fishing. So you're out there doing work uh huh, on a boat with one of the top warehouse. And that's a surprise, seeing as your nunnery and warehouse planning are almost synonymous for all that you've done. But I thought that was real innovation to what we can do out there. So the point is, is that folks, when you look at what is going on and what keeps innovation from happening, it's highly regulated areas and countries. Innovation is being stifled because of the regulations. Yet, as Alice said, she brought out in her segment, it's so important that we have some of the regulation, especially when it comes to fair lending, because there have been fair lending issues. I look at this, but we are desperate in need of innovation. Folks, when you see what's going on there, what a potential is, I look at how this could reinvent our industry. I believe we're going to be seeing out of the blue stuff that you never could imagine before. And I believe it's coming to us. And so we miss Alan Pollock on the podcast. Alice Thinking of you, maybe you could sit out in the back of the boat, whatever you and your husband are going to be doing for fun today. 
imagine having a drone just ordering up a hot cup of coffee and surprising them having a drop from 20 feet above you. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. I wonder if they deliver beer. For Andy, it'd be a six-pack for sure. Anyway, so good stuff. Jack, you may see a drone hovering overhead. We'll practice our new logistics delivery system for looking on lending. Well, folks, that wraps yep. up the first half of the podcast. And when you're listening on a download basis, it is broken into two halves. The weekly mortgage update where we cover all the stuff we just covered. And then we move into the hot topic segment, which we're going to do. Now, if you're listening live, stay right here. We're just going to move right into the hot topic segment with this little transition. Again, folks, thanks for being here with the Look at Unlending podcast. Folks, next week we're going to have Dale Larson III and Dale Larson Jr. Now, it's a father and son team that started Modex, M-O-D-E-X, one of our sponsors. We're going to have them come on and start talking about recruiting some of the latest stuff that's going on in this area because many people are looking at this next coming season. Who are we going to be recruiting to? How can we do that? So we've invited Dale Jr. and Dale the Third come on the podcast and talk to us next week. Talk about some of the latest developments in that area. I look forward to all your feedback, listeners, for what you're wanting on the podcast. We're getting a lot of what we do. We respond to specific requests. So love the feedback. Be sure to share this with others. I want to say a thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, the CMLA, Lenders One, Accelerate, Mobility MMI, Modex, MBA, Knowledge Coop. Mortgage Collaborative, SnapDocs. Check them all out on our website, lookatunlending.com. We'll look forward to having you back here a week from now, everyone. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Thank you. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.